Welcome everyone to the September edition of Tennessee Turf Tuesdays. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Brosnan of the University of Tennessee, as you can't tell from my background behind me. Um, we're going to have a great episode here, a uh, really timely topic uh, with early order programs. And we've got some guests to join us because uh, early order programs are certainly uh, a part of the industry that doesn't cross over with academia. Uh, very much. So we brought in some experts to kind of share their insights and thoughts uh, on all things early order, as that is a, uh, a big, uh, big part of the industry at the moment. Before we do that, uh, we've got a big crowd registered for today, and, and many of you are here already. We have had questions uh, about pesticide credits come in. Uh, the format for this session is the same as every other Turf Tuesday uh, that we've had this year and in previous years. Uh, so for those of you who might be new, all of your pesticide credit information was captured at registration. So when you registered for this session, you were asked what state you wanted your pesticide credits in, uh, what your license number was, and if you wanted any other uh, type of continuing education from uh, the Golf Course Superintendents Association or uh, American sports builders and other groups of that nature. So we have all of that that uh, that data, and we Zoom is a nice enough program that it will uh, collect that for us, and we can use that as our roster uh, that we submit to your uh, Department of Agriculture for you to get uh, credits for participating. For those, uh, I've received many questions over the course of 2022 uh, from those in Tennessee about Tennessee uh, Category 3 credits. Uh, we've had regular contact with the Department of Ag, uh, and all of your credits will be awarded. They are, like many of us, very understaffed at the moment, and there has been a delay in getting those rosters uploaded and into the online uh, system that uh, you see when you check your account. But I can assure you we have all the, the uh, roster information here and uh, TDA has been provided backups of everything. So uh, it's really only a, a waiting game at this point. You also will, uh, may uh, be familiar with the fact that these sessions are recorded. Uh, we only get pesticide credits for live viewing and you have to stay with us for the duration of the hour. So we'd like for you in order to get that credit to stay with us till 1230 Eastern. We will do our best to be wrapped up by that time. The archived video uh, will go on YouTube and the archived audio will get pushed out to Apple Podcasts on our Tennessee Turf Tuesday podcast feed. Uh, so if you uh, want to check it out on those platforms, you certainly can. At this time, uh, there's no credits for archived viewing. It's only for those of you who have taken time out of your day to join us uh, live. Last thing before we get into the nuts and bolts uh, of what we're going to talk about with the EOP uh, is questions. Uh, and some of you have already uh, shown your uh, expertise in this area. To ask a question, uh, use the Q&A box that's in the bottom of your screen. And we have a group here. We'll do our best to try to answer as many of those questions as we can aloud. And if for some reason we can't get to it aloud, we will type an answer in response. That is uh, the easiest way for you to ask your questions and, and have it be efficient is to use that uh, Q&A box uh, rather than chat or any other uh, uh, mechanism in Zoom. 
I think that does it for the uh, the nuts and bolts. I'm going to uh, welcome in. We have got Jason Frank from Harold's and uh, Steve Ellis from Simplot, two of our major distributors that cover the turf and ornamental markets. I mean, really across the country, not just across the southeast. And uh, welcome to Turf Tuesdays, gentlemen. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having us on. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, before we get into EOPs and all that, you know, you guys don't mind. Why don't you share a little bit about yourselves and maybe about your companies? Just many of the folks that are listening might not even be familiar with what EOPs are. So to give them a little background on who you are and what you do, uh, it might set the table well for us to have a discussion about uh, EOPs moving forward. Jason, you want to lead off? Sure. Uh, so my name is Jason Frank. I'm the vice president of Turf South for Harold's Fertilizer. So that encompasses three regions from Florida to Virginia over to kind of southern Missouri down through Louisiana, Arkansas. Um, been at Harold's now for six years. And prior to that, I was with Bayer for six years. So a uh, decent amount of experience um, equally in EOP from the manufacturing side, having developed some of the EOPs now to kind of putting them all together and, you know, bringing those forth to, you know, find the best deals for customers, you know, during that time. Um, so yeah, about 12 years now in EOP and just uh, happy to continue to be able to do this and be on this podcast today to help answer any questions that may help. All right, Steve, you're up. Let them know who you are. Well, Steve Ellis, JR Simplot. Um, been in the um, sales business on the turf and horticulture side for a little over 20 years now. So I'm giving away some age there too. So, um, and uh, so just a brief background, um, grew up uh, farming with grandparents um, uh, on a dairy farm actually. So, and I always say that, uh, uh, that, basically god actually has a plan for us and we just don't realize it at the time so so back in the in the early 80s it started with a large cooperative um, company um, in the fertilizer plant so um, responsibilities there is prescription for formulations loading trucks whatever needed to be done and then kind of moved on from there to uh, uh, material handling which basically got me interested more in the, the mechanics of custom application and and spraying um and those type deals and demonstration of those uh those equipments um and then at that time we actually started a turf division um uh, in the mid 90s um and uh and that's basically where my um background started in in the actual sales part um, so went from there and moved on in the early nineties and, um, started in sales. Um, and, uh, like I said, I've been in sales now for, for over 20 years and, and, uh, and I actually enjoy what I do and, 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 and we're all about helping, um, people to, whether it's understanding EOP or, or fungicides or, or or diagnostics, anything that we can do to help on this side, that, that's that's really what our job consists of. So, um, but the kind of 
a little bit about myself and my territory is uh, Chattanooga uh, all the way to West Tennessee, except Memphis, Northern Georgia, uh, North Mississippi and Southern Kentucky. So, uh, and again, I'd like to thank you again for, for having us to be a part of this. And, and I think uh, on behalf of distributors and manufacturers, both, this is really, really important for, for everyone. I appreciate both of you coming on, and I know my colleagues here with us, Dr. Sorokin and Horvath and Tyler Carr, um, do as well. I guess I'm going to ask the first question, and you know, we try to keep this a little bit uh, free-flowing and, and just see where the conversation goes. So I'll ask the first question, and then we'll just go from there. Who can explain to me what an EOP program is like I'm five? And then I think that'll just kind of kick us off. Um, I guess I'll start with that. Um, so EOP program, acronym for early order program, um, is a program kind of each manufacturer. So obviously Steve and I are on the distributor side, you know, we sell all these programs, but there's about seven or eight manufacturers out there that actually make these products and you know, either sell them through us or, you know, through consignment um, agency. And they're willing to give discounts um, to purchase these products kind of in volume um, for a certain period every year. Every, every year, it's typically around September, October through December. Um, each program is going to be slightly different and each have its own little nuances, I guess, that help maximize the amount of rebates that you can get. Um, but basically, they're offering these discounts for you to buy in volume kind of one period a year. Um, and this helps them work on forecasting for product manufacturing um, to kind of understand what kind of volumes they're going to secure, you know, throughout the year. Um, just for context, you know, about 25% of Harold's revenue is in the fourth quarter. And most of that is due to EOP. So, it really, and potentially up to a third some years. Um, it really, it's a big selling period and driven a lot by these manufacturer rebates that are given. So if I'm a turf manager, you know, the scenario might be that, that Steve or, or you, Jason, or someone from one of your companies comes to visit me and we're in this early order period. I could then sit down, if I'm understanding this correctly, I could sit down and then order you know, if it was right now, like fall of 22, I could order all, all of my 23 product in the, the window of September through October. Is that is that a fair statement? Yes, sir. Well, it, uh, I'll let Steve go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat a fair statement. Most of the program started, you know, some started first of August and, and, and you know, and, and these programs or seem like they're getting to be earlier and earlier every year, right, Jason? I mean, so I beginning in October, you know, that was that was a time period through the first week or two of December. Um, you know, now we have some programs that even start August 1st, you know, but but in their defense, some of the products that they have on some of these, these EOP programs, they need to be in that time period to be utilized this year, uh, so this fall. So, so they're giving some of those um, terms, like Jason said, and rebates back on these things 
that can be utilized in this year as well. So, you know, it's, you know, golf has been really, really good um, uh, here lately. So in the past couple of years, I would say. So, you know, it just gives them an opportunity to, to take advantage of some of these early order programs with different products that they can utilize this year and moving forward into next year too. So, um, but typically when you look at these things, August, September and October are the absolute best times to purchase EOP because they offer the greatest discounts um, uh, at, that, at those time periods. So once you get into November and December, um, the discount structure kind of decreases a little. Um, so if I could encourage everyone, and look, it's not the best timing because you're just getting out of a busy season. It's hectic. Last thing you want to do is sit down and, and go through an EO booklet with, you know, with your sales rep or, or even by yourself as far as that goes. Um, but I'd like to encourage you to, to really look at these things uh, between now and the end of October. And to further some of Steve's comments, um, you know, most of the terms are through June or July of the following year. So kind of back to your original question there, Dr. Brosnan, you know, can you buy your product for the entire year? There is very good incentive from a terms perspective to at least purchase for nine to 10 months because uh, you're not going to have to pay for it for nine to 10 months um, based on if you buy in September or October when most of these programs start. So then make it very easy to make that decision and purchase to the following year to hedge any price increases that typically come, you know, January, February of the following year, you know, as Steve suggests. Another follow-up question. So does it all come at once? You know, I make the order and I order 10 months of product. Does a truck show up with all of that product on the back and I need to find a place to store it? Or do you all hold some of that and then it gets delivered, like, I guess to use like Amazon verbiage or whatever, does it ship complete or does it stagger ship? Well, we, I mean, in most companies, stagger ship, uh, ship. So, um, you know, we don't expect everybody to take their entire order at one time just because of capacity in their storage facility. They just don't have that. So, so usually they'll set it up on a, on a monthly ship too. Um, that helps them with their inventory. Um, and they don't have to really think about what they needed to order for that month, right? So they just, you know, it just shows up at their doorstep once you sit down with your sales rep and, and, and sit and let him know what you need, when you need it, and then it shows up. So it takes a lot of the burden off. And, and then on the other side, the LCOs, this is really big for, for those guys, I think, uh, as much as anybody because of, obviously, because of seasons and and revenue, um, you know, not being as strong um, during the first part of the year. So they do get those terms to, to go out and actually make some money and, and uh, you know, bank that and before the, the invoices are due. So. Yes. Yeah. So what, Steve, um, I think every distribution company tackles it maybe a little bit differently. Um, so that's definitely a question that depending on who you're doing business with, you're going to want to ask. Um, I believe you know, Simplot and Steve are able to accomplish that over there. Um, what we do is called a bill and hold agreement. So it's a, essentially a contract between us and the customer that says, you're going to purchase this um, product now. We're going to invoice it 
and your product is going to reside in our warehouse until you want to take it, whether we put a future ship date on it or they're going to request that. Um, but basically that contract's a legal contract that allows us to invoice it now, report that sale to the manufacturers so that they can capture you know, the maximum rebates like they're purchasing in that October timeframe. Um, and again, I'm not 100% familiar with all of who offers that. I know Harold's does. I believe that you know, Simplot does based on Steve's comments, um, but it's just something to ask. Um, definitely a great comment, Dr. Brosnan, because you know, at the end of the day to maximize some of these uh, rebate offers, you know, you're gonna have to purchase a decent amount of product at time. Not everybody has the same exact storage capacity out there. So definitely uh, something to investigate as you're looking to do EOP. Well, and I know, I know another thing that came up on an extension visit recently uh, related to EOP. Uh, Brandon and I were visiting with a golf course superintendent, newer superintendent at new club. And, um, you know, he's getting ready to make fall applications for both uh, weed control and disease control. And one of the things that you know, was kind of volleyed around was, could you, with the EOP period going on now, could you use that to acquire what you needed to do what you needed to do in the fall of 22 and maybe even order ahead so you had stuff on the shelf for the fall of 23 so you were ready and not kind of left scrambling trying to, you know, get a product that you might not have, um, when the environment says it's time to spray i mean is that do people do that where they'll almost double up on a, a fall program order at this time so yes they do um but again as i was saying in the beginning you know not everything um is on early order programs at the same time so sometimes some of the products that they may want to utilize a little bit earlier you know, say in September doesn't actually, isn't actually on EOP until October. Um, but, but a lot of people will actually take advantage. And, and like to, to Jason's point earlier, some of these things you have to order a considerable amount of products to get the maximum rebate. So they'll even look as far out as next fall, for example, even though, um, you know, technically they've already paid for it in June or July, they'll look at, you know, if they need specific products um, in the fall before EOP starts next year and go ahead and put it on this year's EOP um, to, to utilize some of those savings at that point. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, every situation is going to be different. Um, I definitely see a decent amount of people utilize um, the terms. I would say that's probably um, the most common, I guess, buying period um, would be through the terms at least. Um, I definitely see a considerable amount of people buy on an annual basis. So they'll buy every October for January to December of the following year. Um, that would really just come down to cash flow at the particular property they're at. Um, you know, everybody handles their accounting differently, um, you know, at what they're comfortable with from a cash flow perspective. So it um, doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just, you know, people have to work kind of within the but what they're given at times and you know the terms are to me make the most sense um you know no matter what the cash flow situation is or the accounting system situation is but um definitely you know that january through december 
time frame would, would be something good to consider, especially in the supply chain um, issues we're in today. Um, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of stuff on back order this year, you know, even from the, the manufacturer side, we'll order something. They'll tell us initially it's one to two weeks on back order, winds up being three to four. So it's caused us to keep a significantly more amount of inventory um, just to make sure we're ahead of those. So um, for the ultimate protection, you know, from the golf course superintendent or even the lawn care operator um, situation, um, kind of looking ahead would help them minimize risk for product outages, you know, as we go into 23, not knowing, you know, when this potential supply chain crisis really kind of ends. And Jason, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this past year and a half has been absolutely a nightmare, hasn't it? I mean, oh, absolutely. products is just, you know, like you said, you, you, you never know. I mean, from, um, you know, from plastics that you wouldn't think about, you know, trying to get something. They have the eight that had the active ingredients, but they don't have a plastic jug to put it in. Or maybe they got the jug to put it in, but they don't have a lid to go on the jug. It's just yep. one thing after another. Um, so, you know, so it's been really it's been a nightmare for for us and the, and the manufacturers too so so especially like these coming eops hopefully will help um us as distributors to to stock more inventory for for you guys if we know um you know through eop what what's what's ahead um and certainly help those guys forecast a little bit better as well so so this is, you know, this is a a, a team um, event is 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 basically what it's become now. So we need all the help we can get. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The forecasting part, you know, for the immediate future, going to be helpful for all of us. So, so to that point, so um, what do you, you know, reading the tea leaves for this EOP, um, and then obviously with the the economic pressures that we've seen over the last year like what do you guys see as far as the you know obviously the terms are a nice thing but but what do you see in terms of uh are you guys hearing that you know price increases are going to be significant and and what are we seeing with what's in eop now versus uh what they they might see if they have to delay a purchase till like next year sometime yeah, those are great questions, right, Jason? So, oh, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, price increases. I, I honestly think is is inevitable. I mean, it's it's going to happen. We just we just took on some from um, from the uh, from the manufacturers here most recently. Um, probably will hold. And Jason, you 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 talk with some of those guys probably more than I do, but but probably hold at least through all of the EOP until next February, March, maybe. Um, but, um, but I, I mean, who knows? I mean, that I, I don't read tea leaves, like you said, Brandon is, I wish we had that capability. So, but I don't have a good answer for that other than it's very probable. Yeah. All I would say is, you know, price increases continue to be definitely a real thing and definitely something to consider. Um, going forward um, and all I can speak to is kind of where we're at you know as of now for this year and depending on the manufacturer we've received up to three price increases this year to the tune of you know potentially 15 percent uh, plus or minus which is unprecedented um, you know over that period of time you know from 
January until September. So I would agree with Steve. I, I think if most of them can help it, they're going to hold these prices through EOP. But even last year, in the middle of October, we had a manufacturer give us a price increase. And you're in the middle of selling a program. And it's it was frustrating, but you know, obviously it's the world that we live in right now. Um, I think some of this is settling down from the worst case scenario that it was. Um, but again, it's hard to sit here and make a prediction. Um, you know, every time you read the Wall Street Journal or turn on the news, all they're talking about is, you know, increases in inflation. So I think as those continue to be concerns and, you know, the global marketplace, you know, continues to be a challenge. I think, you know, a lot of this is going to continue to be real force, you know, for the immediate future. And then like as a as a follow-up to that. So obviously that's that's one piece is the economics of it. Then one of the other things that just in the little bit that I've been exposed to EOP booklets and programs, um, you know, when Dr. Brosnan or myself get out and talk about putting together a program for weed control or disease control, we're, we're thinking of it from an a la carte perspective going, okay, we want to use that and this and this and this. How you see a lot of comboed up kind of products where it's like, well, I like three out of the four of those things, but that one, I don't know what to do with. So how do you guys advise customers or talk to customers about how do they approach like taking advantage of some of the packs versus, you know, maybe something that they want to get that's a particular product that's maybe a higher price because it's not in a pack, but that's still discounted from what it might be in the, you know, the regular pricing structure. Brandon, you're full of great questions today. Um, so from from my side, as far as sales, it's actually, you know, like you said, we sit down and look at programs, um, what their goals are, whether it be fungicides or herbicides, um, and, and look at, like you said, the best packs. Most manufacturers now has really gotten away from from packs and and wanting you to utilize more of building your own pack there's still some out there um but but i think if you sit down um you know with the the, the lco or the golf course and, and kind of look at different manufacturers um you know even though it may not be something that they have used in the past maybe it's a new product that's just that this came out and, and look at some of those things and, and, and together, I think you can come up with the best program for what you're looking for and the best savings too at the same time. So um, packs are not always the answer. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I'd, I'd rather see superintendents, I'd, I'd rather them have the ability to, to build their own, right? Um, but, um, you know, like I said, it's gotten more and more and more to that, um, but, um, but that's, that's a good question. And I think you just have to work through some of those things to, to utilize the, the best pricing for, for what you need to accomplish. Yeah, I would agree with Steve there. A lot of manufacturers have gotten away from packs, which have, you know, they haven't been well received over the years. Just to your point, Dr. Horvath, you know, sometimes you want three of the four and you always get stuck with that fourth product that you never use and it builds up over time. Um, but I'd yeah, say, it's like, you know, it's like the cherry lambic in the uh, Sam yeah. Adams uh, variety pack. <laughs> <laughs> and they buy the same pack every year, and then you just got to build up with this 
fourth product that they don't want, right? Never figured anything to do with it. Um, but I think it starts with, um, you know, breaking down every individual EOP program, um, you know, over here at Harold's, you know, we have a team of uh, three PhD agronomists that really help us analyze, you know, what's the best, um, first of all, what's the best agronomic fit for each of these products? And then we'll kind of get together on the sales side and break everything down. All right, what's the best deal or the best fit in each category? And, you know, then we just kind of have discussions with each sales team, you know, based on what's prevalent in each region and, you know, just kind of let them know, all right, here's the best deals, whether, you know, whether it's in a pack from Syngenta or a bundle deal over here at Bear. And then to, to Steve's point, you know, it's, it's each individual person sitting down, you know, with each golf course superintendent, with each lawn care operator, and just kind of having that discussion, what's most important to them? What are they looking to buy? How much are they looking to buy? And, you know, kind of just becomes, you know, an individual customized plan uh, for purchasing, you know, for each customer. But to, to me, it always comes down to, you know, breaking it all down, um, kind of the least common denominator to, to see where those best deals do lie. Because um, not all the time does a pack make sense for a particular customer. Sometimes a la carte is the best way to go. So it's kind of determining that on an individual basis, kind of as Steve said. Are, 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 are people able to change it throughout the season if they realize something's going on? Let's say they, they, they sign a pack, but all of a sudden they find out they've got resistance for a, a, a pre-emergent or something like that. Can they, can they swap it out with a different chemistry? later on, you know, they've already locked in to something maybe six months or a year in advance. Yes, John. I mean, that's, uh, again, it goes back to each individual company, but, but I would dare to say that most companies will absolutely work with them to, to, to not think that they're stuck with anything that they, that they obviously can't, can't utilize. So, so yes, I think the, uh, I think overall the answer would be yes to that question. You can, you can change. Yeah, I would agree with Steve. You know, most manufacturers are willing to work with you. It's just being conscious that obviously you're making these purchases and the manufacturer is going to pay you a rebate based on that. So it's just kind of working on a case-by-case -case basis of what makes the most sense between that individual situation, you know, with that particular um, customer and, you know, the individual manufacturer. Um, but typically I would say that, you know, most people understand, you know, situations happen that maybe weren't foreseen and you're willing to you know, everybody's willing to work um, to make, you know, to come to an amicable, amicable resolution. Yeah, and I'll, I'll ask a follow-up a little bit unrelated, but kind of going back a little bit to what Brandon was getting at, you know, this conversation has been very herbicide and, and fungicide and insecticide focused because that's a major part of EOP. But at a more kind of introductory level, are fertilizer purchases under an EOP banner, like can one buy their fertilizer um, in an EOP with the same sort of kind of rebate uh, basis? Or over or seed for overseeding? Yeah. So some of the products outside of, of the manufacturers are, are essentially um, company driven. Um, so fertilizers, you know, uh, Simplot or Harold's or, or, or whoever you, you may do business with may have their own internal EOP programs going with products like that. But typically um, with manufacturers, you know, essentially the, the seven or eight manufacturers that you'll see in the EOP book is that, that actually offer 
broad spectrum um, all being the same across the board with everybody, um, you know, with all the uh, the distributors. So, um, so, so to answer your question, yes, um, I think most companies now offer um, some incentives. Um, you know, if you pre-book fertilizer, because look what fertilizer prices has done, and that's and that gets into some um, into that gray area, you know, with price increases and and you order it now and you take delivery of it or you don't take delivery of it. So you just have to work, um, you know, with the customer and then, um, and see when they need it, um, you know, just basically what their needs are. But, but, but yes, John, to answer your question, I think a lot of companies now um, will work with um, customers and getting some additional savings on some, on some fertilizer grass seed i don't know about that one that's um that's <laughs> that's that one may be a little that one may be a little tricky for most but i'd say probably not so much for grass seed if i have to put a broad spectrum answer out there but but fertilizer is definitely yes yes yeah, so I, I would agree with steve on you know i'll start backwards with the seed part um you know a lot of seed is going out the door right now coming in and going out the door prior to eop ever really starting um, and it, it's a very narrow window of, you know, when you order and, and it goes out and I think people can make those applications. So, um, you know, in the past year or two with seed, especially, you know, there's been a finite amount, so you can only get so much So I don't know that there's really a necessity to have a, an early order program because, you know, reality is you can only sell so much. And once you got to a certain point, you had to kind of cut it off because you're only going to get so many volumes. Um, as far as the fertilizer goes, it becomes a little bit challenging, you know, with the volatility and fertilizer pricing to, you know, do an EOP on fertilizer in particular. We did see several customers last year kind of see the volatility and understand that volatility and fertilizer pricing and purchase and take delivery of their fertilizer um, in the fall for spring. And for the most part, that, that paid off. Um, for a lot of customers who did that. The challenge becomes, you know, my first year at Harold's back in 2016, um, prices were coming down. So I don't know when that's going to occur. I don't know that we anticipate that kind of going into next year. But if you imagine a situation to where, you know, this is where it becomes a little tricky is if you purchase that fertilizer ahead of time or pre-book that fertilizer and then prices do come down, you know, it's going to become challenging on the backside. Um, so it's always kind of keeping a pulse of where that fertilizer um, pricing is. And again, it's just been so volatile lately. It's really hard to sit here and say, you know, it's worth buying now or pre-booking. That's going to be an individual decision, um, you know, for each person and their property. It's like the stock market with fertilizer. That's <laughs> absolutely it is. Yes. Wow. I, I mean, I can imagine too, like, you know, if, if it has to be difficult, you know, if one were to lock in a large order of fertilizer in the fall of 21, I mean, just the chatter we hear from extension visits and whatnot about how prices went up through 2022. I mean, that's, that's hard to square. Yep. It is. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, and then you go to your, you asked your question too about, you know, EOPing fertilizer the challenge becomes you can't, we can't store enough, right? We don't have these mass warehouses to store tons and tons of fertilizer to where chemical goods are 
you know, I've noticed each bottle's the size of a cup. So, you know, storing massive amounts of chemicals is going to be quite different than if you had to store fertilizer. So that's where the challenge has become for us to yep. not be able to fill and hold your EOP fertilizer. Yep, very true. Would you say that the 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 price increases on fertilizer or would you say it was the same as what we saw with crop protectants where maybe a little bit more volatility with fertilizer price and crop protectants less like how how did those two compare and do you think you know we can't forecast into the future because nobody knows but we're kind of like looking back now obviously it's a you know a, a linear uptick in price you think it's leveled off at all or do you think it's it's to be determined well, I think too, and Jason will both hit this one. Um, but I think fertilizer pricing right now is is somewhat level. Um, it has been for a couple of months. Ureas came down, you know, a little bit. Um, but you know, we have to look at very closely what's going on in Europe right now. Uh, I think that's going to be the driving force for for prices um, in in fertility. Um, but uh, but in, in Jason will contest of this too that i mean we i mean you could give somebody a quote and 10 days later it would change um i mean it, it, it's that frustrating there so that one point so now you know you can hold a quote for you know for a period of time um not gonna say what that is but but for a period of time we can hold quotes now um because it's kind of it's kind of gotten level leveled off a little bit but uh but I mean, as far as volatility, it's just been all over the board with um, with fertilizer, probably more so than the actual chemistries. And um, so, you know, even freight cost anymore. I mean, that's that's as big as driving force as as, as any price increases on AIs or anything. Um, you know, I used to, you know, we used to get barges from from overseas for. $3,500 and now they're $40,000 just to, to get the same, the same barge from, from, you know, another part of the world anymore. So, um, and those actually drive cost tremendously. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with all of those statements. Um, yeah, fertilizer pricing over the last two years, um, I would say from January of 2021 now depending on the type of raw material anywhere from an increase of 50 to 100 percent so some of it doubled um, in that time frame um, to steve's point you know i think a lot of it's starting to level off a lot of the most recent raw material reports that i've seen have been somewhat consistent some a little bit up some a little bit down but you know the volatility is slowing uh for sure what that up and down um, is you know week to week um, and to Steve's point, yeah, there, there was one point over the last year or so we were only able to hold quotes for seven days because that, that's how much fertilizer pricing was escalating on a week to week basis. And it was the craziest thing you know, you've ever seen, um, especially from the supply side. And then, you know, back to your question of um, fertilizer versus chemicals. So I think chemicals are probably anywhere into that 15% plus or minus range during that time frame. Uh, maybe 20%, some of them. It really just depends on the chemical. But as a broad average, um, to where fertilizer was probably, again, 50, 
um, increases over that same period of time. So raw materials have definitely escalated um, a little bit more and chemicals seem to be tracking a little bit behind them. I don't know, I have a great explanation uh, for why that is. Um, and potentially, I, I think we'll probably see some more chemical increases going kind of into the future over the next year versus maybe fertilizer is kind of starting to slow its volatility. So hopefully we can stay at least where we're at right now uh, on the fertilizer piece with minimal price increases on the chemical side going forward. But, you know, we'll kind of see. Well, and, you know, did you did you all see changes in use patterns from that? Did, did people change, uh, you know, whether on the fertilizer side, did they change their the fertilizers that they were using, the frequency that they were applying, you know, and the same thing on the chemical side, did you see, you know, differences in whether it was herbicide programs or fungicide programs or, or what have you? I mean, and I know it's, it's facility to facility, customer to customer base, but just as a general trend, can you speak to anything that may have changed from uh, buying patterns in say 2019 to now? So I would talk about the fertilizer piece of it first. So yeah, I think we we definitely saw an increase in 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 in, um, in, in Harold's and Simplot both offer a great controlled release fertilizer. So I really saw an, an increase in use of controlled release fertilizer um, in that time period just because of of for obvious reasons, you know, if you look at how many applications you could put with a slow release versus, um, you know, a controlled release, which are two different types of fertilizers. So, um, so that is definitely one thing that, that, that we saw an increase um, over the last year and a half. Um, people are starting to utilize more and seeing the value um, of that controlled fertilizer as opposed to years past, you know, where it seemed, um, at least on paper, when you first look at it, that it was more expensive. Now, I think when they dive in a little bit more, they see the value in that controlled release fertilizer versus, you know, a quick release or even a slow release like a sulfur or a, or a coated fertilizer. So, so I think that is definitely um, took a turn upwards um, in terms of fertilized usage. Um, so, but. Uh, you know, as far as the, the chemistry part, you know, I honestly probably haven't saw much change um, across my territory and in, in the use of, you know, herbicides or fungicides or, or anything like that. So um, those have been pretty steady, I think, as far as um, use patterns have gone across um, the last, you know, several years anyway. Yeah, I would agree with uh, Steve's comments. Um, there's definitely been some changes um, in how, I guess, the utilization, you know, of the different products. You know, labor's been a huge challenge, you know, over the last couple of years. So, you know, the increase of control release fertilizers during that period are kind of almost a necessity, um, you know, just to help you skip an application because you really don't have the labor, you know, to put it out. So. I know that's definitely uh, been a challenge for a lot of people. Um, in addition to that, you know, just as far as some adjustments that we've seen, you know, people make, I, I think most, maybe not all uh, people's budgets, you know, definitely people ask for increases. Now, 
how much they got, you know, on a property by property basis. I don't know, but, you know, say that was 15 to 20% increase in your budget this year, whatever that is. Um, if fertilizer prices were up 50%, um, you know, they may tweak the analysis or, you know, maybe cut back up in some rough areas or something and not fertilize, you know, as much to get to the, you know, the, the major play areas and keep those um, conditioned as well as possible. So, you know, I, I think everybody, you know, collectively between, you know, working on a customer by customer basis, you know, made it through some of the price increase challenges, you know, just by making, you know, various adjustments, you know, where needed. Um, because, you know, as Steve mentioned, you know, golf's been really good over this, you know, last two, three year period. So there's been a lot of play. So fertilizer is definitely necessary. Um, so, you know, putting it in the right place at this point um, be the best thing that has been the best thing to figure out you know, on an individual basis. To that, to that point, the, um, I know a number of years ago, there, it was kind of an in vogue thing to get your, your materials custom blended with a custom analysis for your place, what you wanted. And then you also like, if you look at the, the offerings from any of the, any of the manufacturers of uh, fertility products, you see a, a number of SKUs of different analyses and there, how, has that shifted at all in terms of, is it is it a better buy to to buy us a, uh, a pre-made analysis versus getting a custom blend of material, or how does that work from a from a price basis with what you guys see? So I think sometimes SKUs are better deals because of the time in which they were made, um, because you know obviously if you make several SKUs, four, five, six, whatever it may be, you may have those SKUs and, and you may have bought fertilizer at a great price um, as opposed to having custom fertilizer made in the time in which you need it, the fertilizers may have went up. So, so I think you can, you know, you can adjust the, the rates, um, you know, with the analysis to, to get you that EMP and K that you're looking for. Um, and again, your sales rep can help you, you know, determine some of those things. Um, to try to get you actually close to what you, you know, what you really need to, in order to save a few dollars. So, so SKUs could absolutely be, be the answer to some of these um, price increases too. Like I said, it's, you know, it's all in, cause a lot of people will make SKUs and prices are, are down or where they think they're gonna be down right now um, in order to offer those savings to the customer, yes. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, in the past, um, you know, the difference for us between having a skew and a custom blend is, a, you know, a skew we typically keep on the floor. We can deliver it to you probably tomorrow, the day after a custom blend. You know, you're going to be, you know, three to five to seven days out, depending on where you're at. Um, but to Steve's point, you know, depending on when those skews were made, especially during the volatile period that we just went through in fertilizer, you know, if you made something in, January, February of 2021, and then you sold it in December. I mean, it's it's going to be tremendously cheaper uh, versus you know what what the current cost of raw materials were at that point. So um, you know, as those prices went up, you know, escalated like they did, the skew material that was made prior, yeah, was was definitely the best opportunity to you know save a few dollars where you could. But again, I go back to my my point on fertilizer. You know, potentially as this levels out or even retracts like it has in the past. Again, we don't know when that is to buy it or for us as you know fertilizer manufacturers 
to make and sit on a bunch of SKU material, you know, we just got to weigh that out, you know, and kind of just keep a good pulse on the marketplace and what's going on um, so that we can continue to provide the best pricing in the marketplace. Well, and it's been interesting, you know, from an extension standpoint, Jason, that, you know, you, you made reference to, you know, the boom in golf and Steve did too, and all the increased play and the need for fertilizer to kind of uh, go along with that as there's more traffic on the turf. And that's also led to more weed pressure and disease pressure and the cumulative effect of single rider carts. And, and, you know, it's, it's at some level almost been a perfect storm of there's been this increase now and we need all the we need more inputs to keep up with the use and all the inputs are harder to get your hands on and more expensive. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yes. been pretty tricky. And I guess that's a good segue into another question, you know, for those that are listening that may have never participated in an EOP program, what's the best way to get started into one? If you, if you've never done this before and you learned about this today and you, you want to get involved in those, you know, access some of those rebates or discounts, how would one do that? Well, the first step, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you have a sales rep, um, reach out to your favorite sales rep, ask them to come by, sit down. Look, they know these programs like the back of their hand. Um, we all do. Um, I mean, this is, this is what we do. Um, and we can sit down with you um, and absolutely put together the program that you're looking for, not necessarily our program. Let's go through this thing and, and look at it. Um, and, and like I said, we're all getting, you know, books printed and, and things like that now that we can hand out and mail out and all those type things too. So, um, and most of everybody I think has uh, the EOP programs online. Um, I mean, ours and Jason, you're welcome to, to give yours as well, but uh, we have online calculators that are live that you can go in and look at each one of these programs, determine kind of what you, what you want, look at your program before you ever call your sales rep, have an idea um, of basically what you're looking. And when your sales rep gets there, he may have a better idea um, to save you, you know, some additional dollars on top of that. So, so they're very important to, to sit down with and, and talk to and, and work through these things. Um, so, um, and I'll, and I'll give this if it's fine. And, and Jason, if yours is online as well, I'd love for you to give yours too, but, but partners.simplot.com. Um, if you go to that website, click on the EOP tab, and then you'll have a box on there. You can select your state and your market, whether it be LCO or golf. Um, and, and just kind of look at those programs. Um, and like I said, the calculators are live on there as well. So it can help you figure out your savings. And, and one of the good things about the calculators, Jim, is, is you know, you, you get to a certain dollar, dollar amount and say you only need three or $400 to reach another percent or 2%, um, that calculator can help you determine that. Um, so you can have just, you might be one thing and you save an extra three or $400. So, um, so those things are really, really useful. And I would encourage everybody um, to look at those and, and, and get on the calculators or have your sales rep uh, meet with you and get on the calculators and determine, um, you know, what can save you the best money for what you need. Yeah, I definitely agree with Steve there. I mean, 
I think the biggest way to maximize, you know, the EOP is, is work with an industry expert, um, your sales rep that's been around for a while and, and works with these programs and breaks them down. Um, all our materials, you know, as Steve said, ours is on www.heralds.com. Um, you can go on there, click on the EOP tab, kind of go to the various resources that we have. Um, and then, you know, in addition to that, you know, from an individual property perspective or company perspective, you know, kind of knowing that inventory that you have on hand and then kind of some of your historical usages um, in, in quantities and, and what you're working in and have that stuff prepared and developed helps create a lot better conversation. You know, once you start working with, you know, your sales rep or industry expert to really understand, you know, where the best value is for you, where you can save the most dollars and maximize um, you know, that purchase power that you have. Yeah, that's, that's great, Jason and Steve. Thanks for sharing that. The, the thing that I'm hearing, uh, throughout this conversation, you guys can speak to it. I'm sure, uh, having spent a considerable amount of time, uh, in the industry is how important, uh, it is to have, uh, good relationships with the various companies and have those relationships to be able to call upon, other folks that have both experience in, in a position that you might've been in as a LCO or a sports turf operator uh, manager or a golf course superintendent. And then also uh, has, have the experience and relationships with the companies and manufacturers of these products to really help serve as an additional uh, voice to help you put together something that's gonna work for you, right? Yes, absolutely, Brian. Yeah, I would agree. You know, we, we all definitely work uh, very intimately with all the manufacturers and, you know, have them as a resource as well. Um, like I said, we, we try to break down these programs and uh, study them and, and find the best deals where they lie. But, you know, we don't know everything. So we're always relying on them and calling them um, on a case by case basis just to make sure that we're maximizing every situation and, you know, have that in the best interest of whoever's buying the products. And it's, you know, it's been a, a point of emphasis for us as a program now, too, is to become kind of more engaged almost in that ecosystem in a way, working with not only the manufacturers and the distributors to understand the program. So if we get questions through extension or, or what have you, you know, we can we can be a resource too to direct them uh, to you all and, and you know, the, the best manner. And I appreciate you sharing uh, the website links uh, for your information through Harold's and Simplot both. And I'll put that in the, the show notes uh, when this goes to Apple Podcasts. So those links will, uh, will all be there. You can see on the screen, for those of you who are with us and interested in Golf Course Superintendents Association, CEUs, uh, this is your event approval code right here. And you want to make sure that you list today's event date, September 6th, uh, 2022. I should mention what you see on the screen has no impact whatsoever on pesticide credits in any state. So this has nothing to do with Tennessee pesticide credits or any other state. This is only for continuing education units for the GCS AA. Let me unshare my screen real quick, and then we can wrap up because we're getting pretty close to 1230. All right, well, 
Anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen, before we close? I, I, I'll just say, you know, on behalf of myself and my colleagues here at UT, we really appreciate having you on and, and learning more about EOPs. I know I, I learned a lot and, and uh, thanks for your time. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, it's been, this has been really good. And, and like I said, I think this has been something missing in the past. Um, and I really appreciate you guys doing this. And I know, you know, Jason and, and, and on behalf of, of all the manufacturers as well, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, to get the word out and to see everybody um, to, to, to pass this message along and, and the benefits it has um, for those guys. So, so thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, I would definitely resonate uh, Steve's comments there. Thank you very much for the opportunity to come on and have this discussion. Um, you know, like Steve said, Dr. Brosnan said, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. You know, obviously we're in the middle of a very weird time, you know, as far as economic um, history goes, you know, supply chain. So, you know, working together and kind of coming together to figure out what's going to be best for everybody to keep everybody moving forward. Um, definitely appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. And it's, it's, it's be a good kind of foundation for next month's Turf Tuesday uh, in October. Uh, we're going to be joined by Dr. Dave McCall from Virginia, Virginia Tech uh, and Dr. Jordan Booth with the USGA. And the, you know, the focus will be on some of the shoulder season issues in uh, the Southeast that affect so many uh, the diseases that Dr. Horvath works on and POA and in the weeds that I worked on and and um, a lot of the a lot of the offerings in these EOP programs are really important for uh, attacking those two issues so it'll, it'll be a good foundation to go off from here. I'm going to leave it there and let you all get to lunch but thanks again and we will see everybody uh, in October. Thanks for listening. <laughs>